together as we prepare to get into the Word of God. And this tonight is going to mark the conclusion of this series that we have been in. And uh, as we have, uh, we have just really went through the Word of God in regards to the walk, the wisdom, and the will of God. And we have looked at each of these things and we have looked at some specific areas in our life in regards to these things. And uh, here the last couple of Wednesdays we have spent on the subject about the will of God. And uh, we, have, uh, we have looked at three things specifically uh, in regards to this. And uh, we, have, uh, we have covered uh, some of those. And so tonight we are going to bring all of this to a culmination and a close uh, here in this, uh, in this particular series. Uh, I, appreciate, I appreciate the fact of your patience through the series. Probably one of the longest that I have spent. But in these distinct categories we have... Uh, really just kind of dove into the Word of God in regards to this. And we appreciate, I'm thankful, I'm thankful for feedback through the course of this. I'm thankful that most recently some conversations here over the last couple of weeks and the last couple of Wednesdays, uh, some of you saying, Pastor, the Lord has been challenging me in regards to living, doing, being in the middle of the will of God. And, uh, and understanding that will. Our central text had been that we've been referencing, and, and we're not turning there. We're going to actually look here at another place. But just for a quick moment, our central text, we have been in the book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter. And uh, we have spent here some uh, time out of Ephesians 5 and 15 to where the Apostle Paul had challenged the church to redeem the time because the days are evil. And in this challenge in redeeming the time, we had spent time on some stewardship principles, stewardship of our time, our purpose and time, uh, the components and the seasons of life and what we're doing in these moments. And that term there, redeem, simply means to regain control of. Regain control of time. The days are evil. What does that mean? Well, of course, we know there's wickedness all around us. But those times, the Bible tells us that as a result of wickedness, as a result of immorality in the land, that in these last days, for the sake of the fact that we are not just consumed, that God, He would be shortening those days and shortening those times and seasons. And so as a result... We find the kingdom mandate to work while it's yet day. Because the night comes when no man can work. Sister Torbert, just a window. Just a window in the scope of eternity is what we have. And so he said, do this not as fools but wise. And he said in conclusion that you might know and understand what the will of God is. And so this is where we've been looking. 
And so tonight, if you would turn with me, I'm going to read to you a verse out of Psalms 57. Psalms 57 and verse number 5. While you're turning there, I will remind you that we have talked about God's will based upon three uh, pillars, if you will. And these three pillars that we have looked at is uh, the first aspect of God's will. When we talk about what is God's will, what is God's plan, what am I to be a part of? First thing is, is that the kingdom of God is advanced. Amen. The kingdom of God is advanced. And we spent a couple of Wednesdays talking about the kingdom of God, our role in the kingdom of God, what that looks like. And then that all things are done for the glory of God. And then lastly, God's will is the salvation and sanctification, amen, of his children. And so we, as we've been looking at these things, and so tonight we are going to look at uh, two components. And, and I've decided to, to bring these things together because I truly believe that as all things are done for the glory of God, the very thing that brings God the most glory is the salvation of humanity. And so we're going to look at this aspect. So Psalms 57 and verse number 5, the Bible here says, Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. Amen. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. Can we pray tonight one more time? Father, I thank you once again for your word. I thank you tonight for every heart, every ear. And Lord, tonight as the message is communicated, as it goes forth, I pray, Lord, that it would rest upon ears, Lord, that are ready to hear. Hearts, Lord, that are tender. Oh, that the soil of our hearts, the fallow ground is broken up and the seed of the word is planted in our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would challenge us and draw us nigh. Help us, Lord, that we can leave here knowing your word has been at work in our lives. Oh, as it has been saturated by the rain of your spirit. Father, I pray, anoint my mind and lips to preach. And Lord, meet us in this altar, I pray tonight. Help us to leave here different than the way we've come. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated tonight. The psalmist, again, let me read. He declares, be thou exalted, O God. In other words, I want you to be lifted up above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. Last week as we were talking about the advancement of the kingdom of God, we have made reference a couple of times as to where Christ was teaching the disciples how to pray. And in teaching them, giving them the model of the Lord's Prayer, and we're all very well acquainted with that, but as he teaches them and is showing them the pattern, 
the model. He gives us this uh, insight as he says, uh, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth, uh, uh, in the earth as it is in heaven. And as one fellow once said, he said, I desire that I can live out my days, amen, where heaven is operating on earth in my life. For my family, amen, in my children's lives, for our church, uh, I do believe that it is not just something that's been put into the Word of God that is to sound nice, uh, that is to sound palatable, that is to say, well, isn't that sweet, isn't that just a wonderful idea? But I do believe that when there are hearts that are seeking after the will of God and the kingdom of God when that is our mindset when that is our heart's focus Sister Jerry I do believe we see that will and that kingdom power and that agenda at work amen in our lives I have pointed time and again to this truth God's will is not some mystical strange far out idea that seemingly is unattainable only for preachers and pastors only for the missionary, the evangelist only for somebody with some title in the church no sir, no ma'am can I say that it is imperative it is expedient that you and I that we are daily in our lives seeking out the kingdom of God we were preaching here last week from that very text in regards to Matthew 6 and 13 where it said but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you and we had talked about what is the kingdom of God the kingdom of God is that spiritual realm over which God reigns as king and the fulfillment of his will upon the earth I want you to understand something tonight is that the enemy is doing his dead level best to convince God's people and to convince God's church that God is no longer in control. He is doing all that he can with chaos and confusion that is around us in the world. There is upheaval on every hand. There are alliances being made. There are alliances being broken. There are wars and rumors of wars. There's political upheaval evils, there's spiritual wickedness in high places, there's darkness and there's wickedness there's immorality all around us, boy brother Jake you're doing a good job of encouraging us tonight, thank you so much, I appreciate just the way I feel uplifted when I'm here in the house of the Lord and you're preaching like that, I know that tonight that I'm stating the obvious But as a result of such disarray, and as a result, as the Bible says, Sister Carmen, that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also for the coming of the Son of Man. What was it? The Bible said that the heart and the mind of man, his imagination, Brother Torbert, was continually wicked. It was always on evil things. You'll find that there was this, uh, this, 
idea there was even a look that man had that look of arrogancy that look of what can man do what can humanity do a disdain for what was righteous a disregard for what was considered holy a, 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 a complete and utter disrespect for the things that would be considered upright does it sound like 2022 does it sound very similar to the time in which we live humanity in all of our efforts in all of our knowledge as a matter of fact another sign of the last days would be the fact that man would be ever learning but he would have no knowledge of the truth we're smarter than we've ever been we've got more luxuries than we've ever had some are making more money than they've ever made we are at an apex oh I know there's inflation I know there's the pinch on the wallet I know there's discomfort in some of those things but also can I tell you you look around and see we're still a part of a nation to where we are let me just assure you of this we don't have the same problems like people in other parts of the world do we've got first world issues we're upset when the air conditioner don't work you want to throw a fit when your phone don't charge right come on here a thousand dollar phone you carry in your pocket and you get upset when it's not doing right when your wireless ear airpods they're not charging and doing what they need to do come on somebody I was at a I was a, the other day at the grocery store and brother Gary I, I like uh, I like sparkling water and uh, one of my favorites is Topo Chico and uh, it is bottled in Monterey Mexico well I noticed brother Torbert it was difficult to find it wasn't on the shelves and I read an article not long after I had begun to notice that it wasn't very available on the shelves that actually in Monterey there is a water crisis that is going on families as to where they are fearful of water depletion coal communities that are going to community wells to draw water and here I was brother Roderick with my first world problems I was needing my sparkling water I was wanting my Tapa Chico and here I am oh belly aching because it ain't on the shelf and I read that article I said God help me God forgive me here I am I'm you know H-E-B I look at the empty shelf say man what's going on how come brother Pickens I can't find my sparkling water while the whole time the country that it comes from they're in the middle don't know if they got water to make it to the end of the day you hear what I'm saying just let me be on this rabbit trail for a minute we have first world problems we are truly at a place to where no matter what your difficulties are we don't know what real difficulty is we don't know what real discomfort is we don't know what it is to truly sacrifice I want to say that truly we are blessed you may not be paying at the pump what you want you may be paying more at H-E-B than what you desire but I can still march down there and in one store I can get grapes on one aisle and 
I can buy a steak on the other aisle. I can get bread on one aisle and I can buy a cupcake on another. Not every place in the world has that. God help us that we get ourselves in the right priority. God forgive us when we've got arrogant attitudes and we're spoiled rotten and we're selfish and it's all about us and it's all about me and it's all about what what can I get and what can I benefit. May we get back to the place to say seek you first the kingdom of God his righteousness and we'll let everything else worry about itself it'll work its way out priorities a pastor used to say make the main thing the main thing and as a result what I'm saying in regards to all of this is we look around and here we are with our first world problems brother Eli like I said we really don't know what real trouble is and as a result, we get discontented and we get frustrated. And, and as a result of our little nitpicky problems, we get all flustered and frustrated. And, and well, I just don't know. I don't know if I can really serve God in a time like this. I don't know if I can... I don't know if I can do God's will in time like this. And I didn't know this would be this hard and that would be that hard. And all of those things. And the Bible tells us that in that day of Noah, that man's imagination was wicked. It was evil. There was a look, Sister Polly. There was an arrogance. And what is that? It was the fact that man wanted glory. Man wanted his way. Man wanted to be elevated. And we still, to this day, we are contending with such a fight with in our flesh you might say not me brother Jake I'm meek I'm humble I'm mild I don't have I don't have a, 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 a big a big eye little you mentality I don't this and all that and you're right you might carry yourself respectable you might be pretty selfless you might be very hospitable and prefer a brother but I'm here to tell you every red blooded man and woman in this house there are things to all of us that you your flesh is after that you want to make sure is catered to that you want to make sure is appeased because the Bible said every day there's a war every day there's a wrestling match every day the spirit lusts against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit we don't preach on it enough we try to put it aside sometimes we try to ignore it but I want to remind you church God does not get any glory when we waste our times huffing and puffing and pouting and carrying on and making things as I used to hear growing up don't you make a mountain out of a molehill there's some things that ain't worth you getting worked up it ain't worth you getting bent out of shape it's about you trying to please that flesh may God help us to crucify that flesh on the altar one more time as Paul said said every day I've got to die out he said oh wretched man that I am hear me we don't like to talk that way about our flesh we don't like to talk that way about who we are brother Jacob I'm not out seeking after glory listen the word of God as we look we come to find that God is a jealous God the Bible tells us, Sister Wanda, that he does not share his glory with any man. He also lets us know that 
that in his presence there is no room for the flesh to glory. I want you to understand that when we talk about this, and we talk about, again, please hear what I'm saying, what the Word of God is saying. He said that we might understand and know what the will of God is. And so when we talk about the will of God as advancing the kingdom of God, and that God received the glory, that all things are done for the glory of God. I want you to understand is that when we live by this, when we make this a mandate, when we make this a litmus test for what we are doing, it will change the perspective by which you look through the lens of life. It will challenge and change what your goals are, what your aspirations might be. Like I was just saying, Sister Diana, what is important and what's not important? What needs to be priority and what is not priority? When I am held accountable to the Word of God, when I get up, and if my prayer is, Lord, today I want to advance the kingdom of God, today I want to be in the center of your will, then Brother Danny, one of the first things he says, if any man is going to follow after me, let him deny himself. He said, if any man, hear me, we, we get excited about the follow after me part. Oh, yes, hallelujah, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm in love with Jesus. I love Jesus. I'm going to follow him. But then when he says, you've got to deny yourself, listen, and it, it, it just gets gooder and gooder. He said, take up your cross. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Bear those burdens. Suffer in the affliction. Paul said that I might know him in the fellowship of his suffering. Hallelujah. We today in the church world, we come to find that it has boiled down where we have seen a digression, where we have seen a demise, where we have seen the will of God as it should be at work in and through the church. It has been stifled because if we aren't getting the glory, if we're not getting the recognition, if it don't feel good to us, then by all means I'm not going to be involved in it. If it doesn't somehow inflate my ego, if it doesn't somehow work in agreement with my schedule, if God doesn't bend and compromise and, and circumvent all of my uh, all of my things that I need to do, oh, then, then, then I just can't be a part of it. Friends, let me say, we've got to revisit once again. Lord, what does it look like to be a part of advancing that kingdom? What is it to deny myself? What is it to take up that cross? What is it to follow? Follow after you. I must look through the lens to ask myself every day. We must all do this, Lord. What will bring you glory today? What will bring you glory today? Amen. When we ask ourselves that question, when we are challenged by that thought, I promise you this it will challenge your wants, it will challenge your conversation. It will challenge your connections. Hear me. You know, there was a time 
Now, I know that now and nowadays, everybody's gotten so bold and brazen, but Brother Andy, there was a time that there were certain things that weren't right in my life. There were certain people I didn't want to be around. I would avoid them at all costs. Come on here. There was a time, I mean, boy, I just, you know, if I wasn't doing something like I, that I was supposed to be doing. And, and, and truth was, Brother Pickens, it might not even be something that they knew that I was being dealt with about, but the Jesus that was in them, the consecration that was in them, the sanctification that was in them, the conviction that was in them. Boy, Brother Gold, it'd make you uncomfortable. I mean, it'd just make you squirm. It'd make you, I mean, say, oh man, I can't hardly stand to be around. Have you ever been in a place that when, when you walked in, somebody else walked out? Have you ever been in a place that when you came in the room, somebody rolled their eyes, somebody huffed and puffed? Oh, and it's not that you got to take it personal, but I pray that it's the fact that there's enough of him living inside of you that makes the sinner man uncomfortable, that brings conviction, that we remember what it was like. Now we're bold and brazen. Now nobody really cares. Now everybody says, I'm going to do me. If you don't like me, then you just have to get over it. This is how I'm going to be. But I'm going to tell you right now, when it comes down to living my life for the glory of God, I have to be willing. The Word of God tells us that the Spirit of the Lord, He moves in the heart of that man like a candle, and He looks and He reveals. David even said this. He said, scrape the walls of my heart with your Word. Amen. Take that Word. Can I tell you, I know there are some talents talented surgeons. There's some men that they boast and brag they can go in and do work and leave leave a scar the size of your thumb. But can I tell you the most intricate surgery that's ever happened is when I've sat on the church pew and the word of God was preached and the good the great physician began to take his hands and work inside of me Eli and he was cutting away and he was dealing and there were times the conviction hurt. There were times oh man I was uncomfortable but I was able to stand back up and say glory be to God for his convicting power thank you Lord for your word thank you Lord for truth because it's bringing me into the image of Christ it's cutting away at Jacob Smith and it's drawing me into you we have now positioned ourselves to only pray about what we want We have now centered our prayer lives around what we want, what we think we need. We are no longer conversing with God. It's one-way conversation. We're telling Him what we want, what we need Him to do. We must get back to praying the will of God. Hear what the Word of God says that we know and understand. Comprehend it. The will of God. What did Jesus pray in Gethsemane? What did he pray as the pressure was mounting upon him? His pores opened up and the stressors, did you know it's been scientifically proven? That a body can be under such stress, under such anxiety, under such a weight that there is the phenomenon that blood would come through the pores 
of your body, your sweat glands. And while he's doing so, while he's being sold out, while he's being rejected, while the disciples are sleeping, Brother Udy, there is our Savior who says, if it would be possible to the Father, let this cup pass from me. But he always came back and said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. I want to remind somebody, he's not asked of you anything he himself was not willing to do oh God's will so hard I made it to three Sundays in a row I mean I really sacrificed I got in that church house on Monday night for prayer meeting man oh man they're probably going to be a big old crown for me in heaven Come on here. Do you know, growing up, there were some things that I got acknowledged and rewarded for doing. And there were just some things that were expected of me to do because I was a child in the household that I was growing up in. Come on here. You see, the same mentality that is passed upon our kids today where everybody wins, everybody gets a trophy, everybody's recognized, it, it, it stems from parents who have facilitated that because we are no different and we've reached a point again we have selfish ambitions and we we think that when there's a little bit of suffering that we're put out a little bit boy we've just really suffered for Jesus but there are some things friends can I tell you that as a son or a daughter of the king it is expected of us what me me, the one sitting on the pew. Me, the one. I don't have a title in the church. Me, the one. I'm not in leadership. Me, the one. They pay you, Brother Jake. You're the pastor. You're the one. They're the singer. He's the deacon. They're the Sunday school teacher. I'm here to tell you, I'm, I don't want to hear about another title for as long as I live. When it boils down to it, we've been washed in the blood. We've been sealed by the Spirit. You are either or 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 are not a child of God and it is time that we grow up and be the children of God he has called us to be there are some things I hate to bust your bubble I hate to hurt your feelings but I'll say it with a smile there are some things that God expects of you and of me but we are in the age Nobody wants accountability. Nobody wants to be told, preacher, don't you preach stuff like that. I'll get mad and I'll leave. Come on here. That is the mentality. Why? Because we are after our glory. We're after our glory. We must be in pursuit of the fact that in all that we do, in how we live, how we operate, we were talking last week that the kingdom of God the advancement of the kingdom, it is manifested and is accomplished in the small everyday details. The people we encounter, the lives that we live, the prayers that we pray, the way that we serve, the way that we contribute, the way you interact with your family, the way you interact with your church family. All of these things constitute the advancement of the kingdom of God. 
But can I say at the center of it all, we must understand that in all things, God must get the glory. God receives all of the glory. When we can make that our mandate, when we can make that our mission, we don't have to worry about everything else. As a matter of fact, when there is a people that have that mindset, when there is a people operating that way, did you you know that divisions are nearly non-existent? Did you know that there's nobody seeking after self-entitlements? Did you know that there's no divisions that come along and are easily coerced because there's nobody being jealous over who gets the spotlight? Nobody's being jealous over who's sitting on the platform. Nobody's upset over who sang a special and who didn't sing a special. But at the end of the day, if we can say, Lord, here I am and I'm ready. Here I am and I'm ready. And whatever it is that you have me to do, when it's my season, when it's my time, when you call my name, I want to be ready to step up for the glory of God. I want to tell you, we need to put away the pouty looks, the pacifiers and blankies, and let us be men and women of God one more time. That it say, God, all things for your glory. Hallelujah. And that, my friends, keeps us in the center of God's will. When we pray and say, Lord, every song we sing, everything that is said, everything that is done, when we get together in this house, if those that come in and all they see is a bunch of mess and a bunch of egos and a bunch of titles and a bunch of, it's a, it's a talent show fight. Everybody's trying to be an American Idol. But Jake... Brother Jake's in competition. I'm trying to, he gets up there with an attitude. He's trying to out-preach Brother Roderick, out-preach Benny Torbert, out-preach Brother Chad, do all this stuff. And we get all these egos and things. God's not glorified in any of that mess. Come on here. God's will, who he will use and who he will work through. But you will find this, is that he is going to utilize those who have the mindset that in all things, the Lord is going to be glorified in this. Now, what brings God glory? What is the essence? What is the essence of him being glorified? And I've got just a handful of minutes here. First of all, let me define and remind you of this fact. That glory simply defined as praise Honor, admiration, distinction. That we are distinctly in service for Him. But listen to this. This is what God says about our humanity. Romans 3 and 23. This is why it does us no good to live in a selfish way. He says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Friends, in ourselves we cannot achieve it. In ourselves, we will never be it. I have met very distinguished men and women, educated, talented, big ministries, the right this, the right clothes, the right look, the right connections, all of these things. But then that, in that same picture, I've seen at times, Brother Gary, to where that man or that woman, it, the basis of it became that they were lifted up, that they were glorified. They were trying to build a kingdom in the earth. Hear me. When we look at this, 
we come to find we fall short. We have to understand that we can't, we can't brag in and of ourselves. That's why we can't, we're not, God's not interested in sharing the glory with us because all have sinned. Listen, God's first priority is to glorify himself through man's deliverance from condemnation of sin. From Genesis to Revelation, there's a common thread and theme. And it is the message of the redemption of humanity. It is the message of a Christ that came and was born and died and rose again. And today sits at the right hand of the Father. And all of these things were done so that we might be born again. Amen. There is nothing else. Some will talk and celebrate the miracles. Some will rejoice over fish and loaves. Others want to walk on water. But Jesus told them, those men, they were arguing over who would be great. And he said, unless they can drink the cup that I can drink, he said, otherwise they better sit down and leave it alone. Why? Because he was going to drink of the cup of the judgment and the wrath of God for the sins of humanity. He is a lamb of God slain from the foundations of the world. John the Revelator said they came around that throne and said worthy, worthy, worthy is a lamb that was slain who receives all the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise. Friends, I want to remind you tonight that if God is going to get glory, it's going to be connected to the heartbeat of God and that is the salvation of humanity salvation of you and I can I say this respectively have you noticed have you seen in the church age today we want to do something more flashy more flamboyant something more excitable than just old-fashioned preaching have come to the cross of Calvary amen brother Jake Oh, what can I, what can I say? What can I do? I don't want you to come in and be bored. I want to give you a fresh word from God. I love to share a story. I love to use illustrations. I love all those things. But Brother Roderick, it's useless. I mean, it don't amount to a hill of beans. If there's not somebody who feels convicted in their sin, who wants to come and know that there's a Savior that loves them, to know their life can be changed, that they can be washed and redeemed that brother Eli they don't have to die and go to hell now the church has become an entertainment venue we're worried about programs we got polished preaching oh that'll wear $600 sneakers and flat billed hats in order to draw a crowd give me somebody in a pair of JC Penny slacks amen and Walmart dress shoes if they have to but let them be anointed let them preach the truth let them tell the sinner how they can be saved so that God can be glorified oh the word of God said that may we present men souls as trophies unto the Lord Jesus Christ let me tell you something it took the supernatural work of heaven for you to be born again 
Come on. You see, we get to a point we've been saved so long, we forget what we was involved in. We forget, Sister Laura, what you were trying to hide from mom and daddy. Trying to sneak around, trying to do, Brother Steve, where we was lost and out there. When we were down in the mire of sin and all these things. I mean, all kind of stuff. I love to hear a good testimony. I love to hear somebody tell Brother Eli how they was born again. I love to hear somebody talk about that. Do you know why? It's because when we come to the realization we can't save ourselves. The church can't save us. I know there's some that try. They want to give you all the protocols, all the things to do. You got to be dunked in their tank, shake their preacher's hand. Sign their, uh, sign their uh, 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 I was going to say honor roll, that's not right, membership roll. Come on here. Brother Roderick better take their communion, better, go, better do their thing, better go through their confirmation class, better do this, better do that. Let me tell you something, all those things, you know what, it glorifies man, it glorifies institutions, and it glorifies a denomination. Come on here. But you find a Saul on the road to Damascus. Who God shines a light about him and so brightly he falls off. I mean the power of God so really falls off of his donkey. And he hears a voice from heaven. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And we see a conversion like that that happens. Oh, come on. I'm talking about a born again experience that had all of the Jews talking. Had the whole church talking. Did you hear who said they was born again? Did you hear who said they'd been to church? Did you hear who said they was in revival? Did you hear who said was on the road to Damascus and they got born again? I mean that they couldn't put their heads around it. They couldn't understand it. Many still ostracized him. Many still said there's no way he's still a murderer he's still a killer he's it's just a guise it's a trick it's a Trojan horse but Paul had later stood and began to declare amen that he was the chiefest of all sinners oh but aren't you glad we need one more time some folks that remember what it was to be born again the joy that flooded your soul and realize if God's will is going to be fulfilled if he's going to receive the glory it is our goal to see hearts and lives come to the Lord Jesus Christ that you know and understand the will of God the will of God in your life should lend itself and constitute to those things the kingdom of God is advanced that God receives all the glory and he gets glory in men coming to know his son that's what it boils down to. If we can get these things right, if we can understand them, if we can apply them, if we can live them, if we can be them, all these other things shall be added unto you. He'll take care of the rest. Let's get these things right. Let's make these things priority. Let's make these things our prayer points. Some of us got prayer lists 20 points long. How about you bring it down to three? God, how can I advance your kingdom? How can you get the glory? And how can men be born again? What can I do? Well, I'm no preacher. I'm no soul winner. I can't talk in front of people. But you can do and you can live. One fellow said it, or I don't know if it's a fellow. I saw it on a church sign. It said, preach the gospel and use words if necessary. I like that. Live it. Paul said, you're called to be living epistles. 
In other words, living letters to be read of by all men. Jesus said this, Brother Danny, if you'll come. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. You hear what I'm saying? Victory Temple, can I tell you? If you want a secret formula, if you want the magic sauce to grow a church, to see vibrant lives full of revival and the power of God, to be reaching people outside of the walls of this church, again, not just what is done in victory, but through victory. Your life, Brother Torbert, that happens when you understand and know what the will of God is for you. Brother Eddie, the same for you. Brother Jimmy, for you. Sister Joy for you and Jacob Smith too. When we know and understand, not just when we're gathered in here, not just when it sounds good and we can shout an amen and find an altar to pray, but what happens when we leave here? God, I want you to be glorified and I want what is being done that it's helping to lead somebody to Christ. I'm telling you, you talk about revolutionizing your purpose. You talk about challenging your thoughts. You talk about changing the priorities of your life. Getting your eyes off of you and getting them on Christ and on the needs of lost humanity. Mm. Be careful. You'll step right in the middle of your purpose. Be careful. You'll look up and you'll say, hang on a second. I'm right in the middle of God's will and I didn't even realize that I got there. Lord, I want to know. I want to understand. I want to be right in the middle of your will. I want to walk with you. I want to exercise wisdom. And I want to know and understand the will of God. I want to know it. I want to know it. I want to be it. I want to live it. Can we bow our heads all over this house? Father, I thank you today. Thank you, Lord, for people in our lives that impacted us for the glory of God. They weren't after special recognition. Their eyes were not on all of the problems that I presented, but their eyes were upon you, you being glorified and doing what could be done, living in such a way that I would be impacted and influenced. Forgive us, Lord, when we have it backwards. Forgive us when we've made your will what it's not forgive us Lord when we've tried to make things about us when we've had selfish ambitions when our flesh has been riled up oh when we have gotten discontented and even to a point of to a point of tearing others down to try to make ourselves look good because we were essentially wanting some glory that's not your will Help us to ask ourselves every day, Lord, how can you be glorified in my life today? What do those conversations look like? What does that behavior look like? What does that life of surrender look like? Lord, how can I help to impact? How can I help to lead somebody to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? How can I live sanctified and holy in an immoral and a corrupt world? Lord, I don't want to... I don't want to devalue, treat your sacrifice lightly. I fell short of your glory. And it is only by you and because of you that I am saved. And that I can try my best to make an impact, to point others to Christ. We can't do it in ourselves. Our denominations won't do it. Our know-how, 
our knowledge, these things won't cut it. But Lord, it still takes the precious blood of the Lamb. It still takes those that are willing to live, be, and do the will of God. Challenge our hearts tonight, I pray. This altar calls very simple, church. If you'd say, Lord, I want to be right in the middle of your will. I want you to receive the glory. I want you to convict me and deal with me. Put your finger on things in my life. I've been brazen. I've been bold. Maybe sometimes I've been too brash. Maybe I've relished in my own agenda. But tonight, Lord, I want you to receive the glory. What does that look like in my life personally? What does that look like as I live and I worship corporately with my church family? Lord, how do you receive the glory? Lord, you receive glory in man being born again. Not only born again, but oh, but walking in that power, walking in that grace, walking in that sanctification. And Father, help us every day. Help us every day. Lord, that that is our mission, our agenda. Father, tonight, church tonight, if that's your heart's desire, can we just come and find ourselves a place to pray in these altars? Can we tonight say, Lord, oh, would you challenge me? Would you forgive me when I've made the will of God about things that it's not? Lord, would you challenge me when I have, when I have deviated from your plan, when I have not surrendered myself, when I have found myself, oh God, in situations and in scenarios, Lord, that I know, it's, I know it doesn't please you. Lord, I've tried to justify my, my doings. I've tried, to, I've tried to make reasons for when I know good and well I've been rebellious. Lord, I've, I've, tried to, I've tried to cover up at times, Lord, the things that I knew that I was far away from you on. Oh, but Lord, tonight I want you to be glorified. I want your will to be done. Father, I pray you'd help me tonight. I want to know. I want to be right in the middle of your will. I want to know it. I want to understand it. I should ask for things.